Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster that says it's if it's getting warm in here or cool in here, I'll take off all my socks. Uh, I will take off my socks. I'm going to take my socks off. Uh, you might say that in bed and you might not. Uh, or you might say, what, what is this person talking about? Uh, socks or no socks? Uh, you're welcome. This pod, feet under the covers or out of the covers? This could be the podcast for you. If you've ever wondered any of those things, or if you actually, it definitely might be the podcast for you if you think about those things. I'm sure for those people snoring right now, they never thought about, well, should I, no, should I leave them on? Should I take them off? One foot out, one foot in. I mean, it's going to make a bit, oh boy, if I can just get my feet right, uh, then it's going to be fine. And sometimes it really is. Uh, so this is the podcast that says, uh, I take off my socks, then I put them back on. It's time for Sleep With Me, patrons. The podcast you enable for me to be goofy like this. Uh, what do you say we get on with the show? Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about, things on your mind. So thoughts, feelings, it could be feelings, you're feeling like emotions that are coming up for you. It could be thought, thought, so it could be feelings about those thoughts, about the past, present, or future could be more immediate, could be physical sensations, could be changes in routine or time or temperature, by the way, temperature, what's uh, what's your issue? Or light, uh, that that light, uh, maybe I could talk about that, I got a little, I, I could use Nancy Drew if you're listening. Actually, don't come and help because it would have to be when the lights are off and then I would say, that's not who's in my room. What's well, Nancy Drew? You called me to to help you, and you said the lights would have to be off because your mystery involved the lights being off, uh, which you should explain to listeners probably after you get through this intro or in the middle of it. Nancy Drew, do you have any idea how many names, how many times I've had to invoke your name in podcast intros? Probably twenty, thirty times. Did you, Nancy Drew, did you just say harumph uh, because I hadn't done it like 10, like 90 times? That would be more respectful. You're right. If it was one-tenth of my intros, this Scooter's the only person that has a non-Nancy Drew pod, Nancy Drew podcast that's evoked her name. 5%. I mean, we're not at 5%. I'm sorry, Nancy Drew. I know I, I can say this with somewhat likelihood. I've probably evoked your name more than Agatha Christie. So, and definitely thousands of, like, I've probably evoked the name of the Hardy Boys, like, once, and it was only in relation to you. So there's that. Uh, anyway, oh, well, she just asked who I said, Fancy Nancy or Nancy Drew. There's an idea. Talk about a mashup made in heaven.
or Maiden Mystery, Fancy Nancy Drew. That sounds like a doll I would play with. Uh, and it has my, like, name in it, too. Maybe that, like, again, I, I usually, I used to go when I would check into hotels and I'd, I'd say, could you, what's the name, room name, what's the name? Well, I'd like it if anyone calls for me. Uh, it's Noir Chardonnay. But now I'll go by fancy name. If you call a hotel, if you want to call hotels, don't, don't do this really, but because I wouldn't answer. Plus, I'm not sure if my hotel phone rings, I'm not answering it. Just, just a FYI. Even if you work at a hotel, they say, well, yeah, the uh, compliments of the chef are double dessert platters coming up. Uh, I would probably miss it because I'd say, why is my hotel phone ringing? I can't possibly. That's what, one of the things that would keep me up at night because then I would wait for the voicemail light to blink. Oh, what what's going on? Oh, so this, welcome to sleep with me. So whatever's keeping you awake, thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to try to create a safe place using lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, which you've seen a few already, all to keep you company while you fall asleep, which can be like uh, if you're new. Let me give you some information because this podcast can definitely throw you off. Now, if anyone listening from in any of those, uh, anyone, I don't think, does Fancy Nancy is still with us? Nancy Drew is like, uh, no, there's been a few new Nancy Drews. New Nancy Drew movie. How about one of those big streaming platforms? I mean, you could give me some, I mean, I'm sure none of, none of the people involved would want, let's say, with the Sleep Podcast guy. Yeah, he's pr- pr- proposed. What What about if just uh, we do a Halloween? I know there's been other Halloween-themed. I, I have one of the Fancy Nancy Halloween books in my personal collection. But, uh, I mean, I'm not kidding either. But uh, what if one year, we, it could just be a Halloween special, like, uh, with a mystery. I mean, this is totally, this is a reasonable proposal. Uh Fancy Nancy Drew, that's what she's going as for Halloween. But then, you know, there's the Fancy Nancy Drew and the Halloween mystery. I mean, or it could be like, this is not meant to minimize anything, but it could be. It could be, I mean, it could be a look back at 2020. Now, I'm recording this in uh, the first week of October. You're probably hearing this in 2021, which is interesting. But uh, it could be that uh, it's Fancy Nancy's look back, you know. She says, well, that was the year we changed, you know, what what Halloween meant. But I don't know. You know more than I do in the future. Okay, but anyway, sorry, new listeners. Um, So a couple of things you need to know. I go off topic a lot, but I'm really here to keep you company. And they can get on people's nerves or, like, at first. And, and uh, like, it, I just say it strongly because that's what a lot of regular listeners. I just read a review from someone, a five-star review. She said that uh, she listened to the podcast a ton. Of, or her friends had kept recommending and recommending the podcast. And she said, no, 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 that sounds so annoying. And then she first listened and said it was doubtful and then started working. 
So if you're feeling annoyed or skeptical or doubtful, that's totally normal because that's a reasonable way to react to a podcast that's different, strange, goofy. And at least initially, it doesn't feel very sleepy. You say, when is this sleep stuff going to start? And I say, well, it kind of started already, but let's, let me tell you a little bit more. One thing is this is not a podcast you really listen to and pay attention. You can listen to it, but you don't need to pay attention. Like uh, you just say, like this is the only podcast where the, you say, well, when did Scoot start dialing it in? And he said, no, no, Scoot's, they said uh, his podcast went on forever because he asks the listeners to dial it in. Dial it in is like a, is that a truism for not really giving full effort. I think it has to do with dial phones. I don't even know where, where it comes from. Uh, but, like, it means not giving full effort. Like you say, well, I've been doing this a while. This one, the listeners get to dial it in. You turn on the podcast, actually, do, like, maybe what the dial it in metaphor is. And you just kind of put the phone next to your bed and you don't really, like, I just talk. And you don't have to listen or even put the phone near you. You just say, I mean, how great is that? And you see, like, if you propose that to a regular person, unless, like, they would do it once. I I think most friends or romantic relationships or siblings or, you know, certain other relationships would say, yeah, I'll do that. But not every single, not, not twice, maybe twice. You know, if it's a romantic, you know, I said, well, this is, you know, I'm courting you. So, yeah. But then at some point you can just say, well, I got other, you know, I can't talk to you. And I, like, see, there's a podcast for that. You don't have to dial. I don't have to dial it in. Neither do you. You just call the scooter up. And he talks and it doesn't, it doesn't really, he just goes on and on and on and on and on. So that's one way to listen. Um I don't, or yeah, that's how, kind of how you listen. You just don't really pay attention to me. You just dial it in. Usually, dialing it in means the work going into the show. This means the work going into listening. You don't really have to pay attention. Was a short way of saying that. There's also no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the episodes are about an hour is to give you plenty of time to drift off. I'm more here to keep you company, to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar sib. Yeah, you're uh, someone like, oh, wait, I'll come back. So so whatever it is, I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep. But even if you can't fall asleep, I'm going to be here. But that's why the shows just go on and on and on is uh, you just fall off at your leisure. A couple other things to know if you're new. One, uh, give the show a few tries. That's what most reviewers and regular listeners say. Like I said, they say, well, first, this show doesn't make any sense. It goes on and on and on. Never gets started, then doesn't go anywhere, and uh, it doesn't make any sense. But then I realize, oh, perfect. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Or you might say, I don't know about these creaky, dulcet tones and pointless meanders. I say, well, give it a few tries. See if it grows on you. I hope it can help you. Other things to know structurally, this is where the most uh, strong feelings come out, and uh, I guess, understandably, this podcast does not follow any sort of podcast structure or normal structure because it's a podcast to put you to sleep, but also because it's this podcast to put you to sleep. There's other sleep audio since I've been doing the show more and more, 
And those shows have different structures too. Now, the reason this show has the structure it does is because one, oh, or let me tell you, it starts off with a greeting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. Because that's important so that you know you're welcome and you know you feel seen. Or, like, I can't tell you how you feel, right? Like, you know that my intention is to create a welcome place where you're seen. Uh, then there's business. The reason there's business and supporter zones and that kind of stuff is so I can bring you this podcast for free twice a week versus as a part of a corporate behind the paywall ad supported. Then there's an intro. The intro goes from about minute six or eight to minute 20, 22, 25, 18, somewhere in there. The intro is me just going on and on and on like I'm doing so far. And I'm, it's like I'm setting up or arranging the safe place because I kind of explain to the new listeners what the podcast is. I get distracted about that mystery at night and Fancy Nancy and Nancy Drew. Sometimes I pitch movies or books and, and those kind of things. And then I go back and I say, okay, so for a new listener, it kind of explains what the podcast is and gives you examples at the exact same time. Uh, but if you become a regular listener, what the intro does is it eases you into bedtime. It gives you a long runway to get some distance from the day so that you can fall asleep. Because for most of us, we just can't, like this podcast, I just can't count down or just go right into something. That's what makes this podcast different. It, it gives you some time. So some regular listeners... They start the show before they get into bed as they're getting ready for bed. Maybe they're like, maybe they listen in multiple rooms on the couch while they're doing something relaxing. Then they get in bed. Some people are getting ready for bed physically, you know, brushing their teeth, doing skincare, you know, doing self massage, foam rolling. Uh, some people are in bed getting comfortable. Some people are in bed drifting off. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways as you become a regular listener to kind of adjust to using the show. 2% of listeners skip the intro. Some people consume story-only episodes that are one of the many things we offer on Patreon. Uh, so you can kind of see how it goes as you become, and some people change it up. I mean, people are listening more and more during the day when they need a break or they need to relax or they just like really want a, uh, something to listen to that they don't have to pay attention to if they're coding or doing physical labor or doing something else like uh, where they say, I just need something that kind of distracts me a little bit from the work at hand. So that's another option. So just kind of see how it goes. So that's the intro. Then there's business between the intro and the show. You could always find that business also at our website, uh, but it's a uh, way podcast business is structured. It has to be there, and that keeps the show free. Then there's our story. Tonight it'll be a board game unboxing where I take a look at a board game from actually one of my heroes, John August. Uh, and that'll be fun. And then there's some thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. And what else do you need to know? Uh, structure of the show. Uh, oh, no need to pay attention. Oh, why do I make the show? Because you deserve a good night's sleep. That's why I make the show. You deserve a place where you can get some rest. And if you're like me or a lot of the other listeners, you probably tried a lot of different stuff, right? And it's been very frustrating it can feel very 
it, bedtime can be a thing you don't look forward to, right? And, and you can have strong feelings. I mean, I get lonely, you know, when I'm tossing and turning. And I get why me, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's not, I mean, I don't want to say unfair, but it's not pleasant. And I think you deserve a nice, safe place where you can get, you know, relaxed and, and fall asleep. And maybe this podcast is what does it for you or becomes part of your routine with other stuff that does it for you. And maybe not. I hope it does. But whether this podcast works for you or you can look at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Whatever work ends up working for you, remember, you deserve a good night's sleep. And on top of that, our world will be a better place if you get the rest you deserve and need. Because you'll be living your life more fully. So that's what's important. And the other side of it is, like I kind of said, I've been there. I know how it feels. And I don't like, uh, if I can help, it It really gives my life purpose and my strange skill set. So that's why I make the show. And just to close it out, like, yeah, so I have this mystery right now. So one of the things I keep in my room or like close by is like gaffer tape to cover up like LED lights. Um, I know they have like sticker sets that I've seen and I bought those and no offense to the companies that make those, but they don't like uh gaffer tape, you know, you could cover an LED and it won't, you don't got to worry about it. So I do that regularly. And so but the last few nights I've been noticing and I have added a, like a new like power strip that I thought I covered all the lights on and I think something else like a mouse or something. And then every night after I go to bed, I see these like blue lights uh, against the wall. And I say, well, I got to do something about this, but not right now. And then so last night before I got ready for bed, I was like, I got to do something about them. I couldn't find them. I mean, I was right in the corner where my desk is. And they didn't exist uh, until, of course, I got they, they appear when I turn out the lights to press play, press play. So Nancy Drew or Fancy Nancy Drew, if you're listening, I mean, that could be an easy case. That could be like before the book. That could be like the bonus content or like in a, what about, what do you think about taking out, does Scholastic take ads? I don't think they do. But if they did, or like free comic book day, you say, don't forget, don't miss out October 29th, uh, 2021, Fancy Nancy Drew. Halloween holiday mystery, but today on Free Comic Book Day, we have uh, a two-pager from Fancy Nancy Drew in the blue light specials uh, or something. And maybe the LED lights sing, and they really need to find their way back home. I don't know. I, I, but anyway, that's uh, that's what's up with me at night. So that's why I want to help. Uh, oh, boy. Like saying it out loud just makes it, uh, but it, and I really, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm kind of like, okay, well, at least they're blue and they're not full strength. Like even though blue light, they say to avoid it, like, uh, like it's not as intrusive as like green or red light when it's on a wall or like a brighter light. It's like one of those deep blues and it may be covered. I don't know. So. Anyway, again, you know, I'm close to, you know, I'm just resigned to it right now, Fancy Nancy Drew.
So if you hear me, also, I just love saying that. Uh, so anyway, I hope you're listening. <laughs> but you, dear listener, I hope I can help you fall asleep. Thank you so much for checking the show. Please give a few tries because you deserve it. It doesn't really benefit me because actually it doesn't benefit. Actually, believe it or not, when I say give it a few tries, like a part of me like goes and lies down, like curled up in a ball. Because uh, when I say that, then some people do that. And then they say, like, they, 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 they don't like the show and they have to let me know about it vocally. But it's still what really works. So it's wor- you're worth it. You're worth me getting that email. If you get a few tries and it works for you, because I don't benefit either way. Like I benefit maybe from the long-term listeners and the relationship we have, right? Long-term listeners. I mean, long-term listeners know, you know, my, my, my confused adoration of fancy Nancy and Thea Stilton, Geronimo Stilton, because they say scoots, none of those, none of them actually look into mysteries. I say, you're sure. You say, I, I, I don't know, like, and they say, no, 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 one of them does. And I say, and they, like, one time someone said, there's no such thing as Thea Stilton. And, oh, that was it, a cheesemonger, actually. I thought I was, I didn't, actually, I wasn't, I said, do you have any Thea Stilton? And they looked at me distastefully, scornfully. The cheesemonger scorn. That's when I ended up writing that book, uh, Thea Stilton in the case of the cheesemonger scorn. And, uh, that, you know, that book's not available at all because I haven't actually, I only wrote the title, but, uh, and they said, don't write it because they have a direct line to my brain. Uh, I can't think of, I, I'm sorry, whoever the author is, but, uh, I'll actually donate some money. I'm not even kidding. I'm going to, as long as you're not like, uh, out there in a negative way. Like, if you support positive causes that support uh, dignity and respect and, and, and those kind of things, uh, I'll support one of your causes. But also their estate always lets me know. Or they say, we heard you were thinking about uh, Thea Stilton in the case of the scornful cheesemonger. And I said, incorrect, the case of the cheesemonger scorn. And I was like, you don't want to hear about it? There's a, a picture of Thorny Bush on the cover. And they say, just to forget about it. And I say, well, don't. I said, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's proposing ideas and forgetting about them. And that's what I'm really here to do is help you forget about the day just for a little while. So thanks again for coming by. I'm really glad you're here. I really hope I yearn and I strive. I work very hard because I want to help you fall asleep. Here's a couple of ways I'm able to bring this show twice a week. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Scoots here, and uh, we're doing a, this is a board game unboxing episode uh, that I'm very excited to talk about because uh, one of the creators of this game is John August from Script Notes Podcast that uh, we kind of have, we kind of owe a little bit of the podcast to John and Craig, uh, or maybe a lot of the podcast because they were, I listen to Script Notes Years before I started the show, uh, and, and I could still picture myself where I was listening for the first time on a lunch break uh, from my day, well, it was my job before it was my day job when I was doing the podcast, and uh, it was just uh, really like inspirational, educational, and really got me through some uh, 
I don't know. It really unintentionally helped me grow up as a, as a person and then be able to make stuff. Because I think at the time I was listening to it, I was having trouble, uh, a lot of trouble with follow through uh, and getting things done and, and, and uh, having and managing my expectations and managing getting work done versus escapism versus uh, how you feel about yourself uh, and stuff like that. So I'm very appreciative of John and Craig. And, I mean, just to be totally straight with people, like, it ended up, like, uh, for me to move forward and making stuff, even though I kind of had some attempts, it was like I had to get sober for me. Uh, I mean, I started the podcast before I was sober, but I got sober not long after it, a few months. And I think those two, those two things were interconnected. But having external positivity, I don't know, people that really care about something and, and they're putting caring into the show and caring for their listeners. Uh, I don't know. It was just, there's always been a special relationship for me. Uh, like, so, so I, I don't know. It wasn't like a direct connection to me getting sober. But when I look back at some of the stuff, I say, Oh, okay. And I can even remember sending the, them an email once and I was saying, huh, and, but really like uh, it was talking about habits, but I wasn't talking about alcohol. And they said, oh, wait a second. Uh, like now looking back, I say, oh, yeah, the real answer was like, uh, yeah, you got to have some space to be able to focus on making stuff in your spare time. So without further ado, now this game, now the official title of this game, you'll see, see in the show notes in the link, uh, it's called uh, One Kiss Farm, or One Kiss to the Big Farm is a longer uh, non-real title for it. Uh, it also goes by another name, and, and I'll have a link, and you can purchase a game right from uh, John's uh, store. And this is an actual full-on unboxing. So I'm holding the box in my hand. I've not unboxed it. I, I took the wrapping paper off. And so this is exciting. I have no idea really what's in the box. So the front. Of, so right now the box is uh, about the size, for, for those of you that remember, a VHS cassette tape. Uh, it's a little bit, it's about the size of that box, uh, that kind of box. Or like uh, the same shape as a, a, a PlayStation or Xbox or a, a DVD. Uh, just like uh, it's about, probably is almost exactly an inch thick. Uh, it's made out of high quality paperboard with kind of a shiny, I don't know, shiny matte finish. Is that even possible? I don't think it is. And this is the core deck. So the front of it has a... Uh, it's like almost like a three-panel thing, and it says one kiss uh, to the big farm or big farm, you know, one kiss farm. And that's all in a kind of a cap, a white cap uh, block letters. In uh, the first panel on the top is, a, what is that, a vertical stripe, uh, like, uh, and it's blue, kind of like some sky or some snow. And there's a character on there, some sort of creature character, because this isn't it. Well, we'll see what kind of game it is. And the creature's looking at us and has red eyes, and it's uh, like a snow person, I think, maybe. is just my guess, uh, because maybe that's snow. But it could be like a, it might not be snow, it could be some sort of uh, plumage character. 
Now, the next one gets very interesting right away. And this, I remember this image just from seeing, like, back when John first put this game out. Uh, so the next panel is kind of a, like an orange space sky or night sky or a nebulous, orange nebulous sky. And there's some, uh, even some, like, uh, thunderstorms and lightning storms behind it. But kind of like the ones you'd see, like you'd feel like you're if you're in a space nebula or something. And then in front of that is a character who seems to be part uh, organic and part cyber. And uh, the character's yawning and is saying, oh boy, I'm sleepy. So maybe the cyber stuff is part of, I don't know. Uh, but it's like, so cute, the character. Oh boy. And that's under kiss. So I don't know if the characters kiss a kiss yawn before a kiss or a yawn after a kiss. Uh, I guess you'd yawn, like you say, brush your teeth, like because you say sometimes people yawn and kiss in the morning. We say, okay, could you brush your teeth though first? Uh, That's just me though. That's my issue. You're right. That's just my issue. I know. Okay, so then the next one is farm or uh, you know trip to the big farm in the sky. Uh, where the puppies run free. And that one is kind of a greenish, it looks like a laboratory possibly with some sort of scientific equipment in the background with greenish hues. And then, like I said, some of this is rephrased just because of uh, my lack of understanding of how to make it, but it says, uh, so this is the tagline. The ultimate toolbox, some assembly required. Then there's kind of a stripe uh, or some sort of like, like almost like a neon, uh, I don't know, I'm not good at describing that kind of stuff, a neon line that has a curve in it, and it goes from yellow kind of to a purple in a gradation of color. And it says core deck, so you can buy expansion decks, clearly. And then there's four symbols, uh, which I assume have something to do with the game. One is a green, what are these, octagons or quantic? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Can't even count them. One, two, three, four, six. Is that a sextagrand? (laughs) Never got one of those, ever. Penta's five, right? And Septa's seven. I don't know. So it's not an octagon. It's whatever has a six-sided geometric shape, of course, Alec. Uh, What is a six-sided geometric shape? And they're kind of in a uh, a, a, a triangle or a cross shape. And the one on the left is green and has a leaf. So that's some sort of organic, maybe. Uh, the one on the bottom is blue, and it looks like it has a circuit board. Then the one on the right is uh, maroon, and it has, like, an atomic-type symbol. And then the one on the top is intriguing. It is uh, orange, and it has a triangle with a circle behind it. Uh, so that's interesting. Okay, then on the left side of the box, it says One Kiss Farm, and it has the four symbols uh and it goes uh, triangle, um, what is that, a circuit board, atomic leaf. Uh, and it's from the com- company, quote, unquote, which I think is John's company. 
And on the other side, it says, yeah, one kiss farm. It has the same triangle circuit board atomic leaf. And here's some good news. It also has a web app and a companion apps available on the Apple App Store or as a web app. And now let's get into the marketing part, right? So the backside is the kind of marketing, the teaser, you know, to get you if you're in a store. I bought it like a... I'm embarrassed to say this, but like there was like, but I did buy a bunch of them as gifts uh, because they were changing warehouses, and I said, "Holy cow, I got to buy that game!" But I do promise to buy the expansion packs at full price. So it says "One Kiss Farm," created by John August. There you go, and then it has the four symbols again. And then it has the cards. So on one side of the card, it says OHK. What did I say? One kiss, like, uh, which is another way of saying the actual, t- that's another nickname for the game. O-H- O-H-K. Oh, let's hug and kiss. Uh, so that's like what you could also call the game. Oh, let's hug and, oh, the let's is in a parenthesis, hug and kiss. Or for short term, oh, hug and kiss. Uh, if, if I would have thought of that earlier, that would have been what I would have titled the game. But I do like One Kiss uh, Farm. So OHK, and then underneath it, it says tool, uh, a tool, offensive tool. It says, yeah, offensive tool or another vocabulary word. Then it has four cards of what they look like in the game. Oh, maybe this is somebody from the Frost Giant. Uh, and then it has writing that's either not legible to my eyes or is it just... And then they have a something rabbit. Uh, then they have... Uh, I can't read that. i got to get some readers. I have Nora. And then something, something of the gods. Uh, uh, this is a game of ridiculously overpowered offensive tools... Uh, archetypal beings and cuddly rabbits. Then we have more cards, but I'm going to read the the, um, the the copy here. Race to assemble an offensive tool so powerful it could send your opponents to the the big farm in the sky with a single kiss, a one kiss farm. One Kiss Farm is an easy-to-learn and fast-moving drawing from traditional card games like gin and poker, along with European-style games like Catan and Ticket to Ride. Those are all popular games. I mean, oh boy. Uh, in my house, uh, Ticket to Ride is like uh, and Poker. I love gin. I haven't played in a while, but I love playing that game. Uh, with simple rules and surprisingly complex strategy, One Kiss Farm might be your new favorite game. Okay, then to the left of this, so the okay, so by the way, at the top, the the two the offensive tool cards have a black background with white writing on the um whatever the non showcase you know you know the back side of the card yeah back side of the card. Now these cards it's showing down here have. Uh, it says OHK and then OHK uh, mirrored. So if you have the card, either way. But that's with a white background and black writing. 
And then it has this sampling of cards. There's some really nice colors. Again, the, the like mustardy yellow, limey green, a maroon, and then a, I don't know, is that a royal blue? Is that what royal blue looks like? I don't know. And then it says, oh boy, in the box, uh, one Kiss Farm Core Deck, uh, 40 Core Deck component cards, 20 Core Deck uh, offensive tool cards, and 11 Core Deck special cards. Also includes instructions and a double-sided full-color playmat. Holy mackerel, it comes with a playmat. Uh, it's for two to three players. It takes 10 to 15 minutes, ages eight, eight, eight plus. So I'm going to open the box so you won't hear that part because I know you're, you're, you're in bed. Okay, so this is totally 100% a real unboxing. So the first thing is a getting started game. And it's, uh, watch, well, just four pages. So that's really good. And a lot of visuals, which are good for learning. So we'll go through that last because we don't want to, I love speculating. Uh, then we have the playmat. Let's check out the playmat because that playmat, you say, Scoots, what's a playmat? A bit like a game board for a card game. It'll help you organize things. Uh, so it's a two-sided playmat, and on the side I'm looking at is it's the orangish nebulous sky with that yawning cyber buddy, and it says One Kiss Farm, and it has a discard pile face down, a draw pile, and then something called the field, and there's three face-up cards in the field. And then it says, I guess on your turn, it's a, but it doesn't say on your turn. It says, do exactly one thing. You could draw a card, play a special card, discard any number of cards, add an offensive tool, or win the game. And uh, the flip side is the exact. It's also, so I guess it's like if you're in the mood, this is more of a cyber side. It has the same layout. It's just blue and purples with a... Uh, I don't know, like a bunch of spacey, like, what's that, uh, Tron-like cubes, uh, and, like, maybe even a cube city in the background. Very beautiful, and, like, a beautiful sky. Even a little lens flare, uh, maybe. So that's the playmat. Oh, boy, and it gets better. It gets better from here, because here's the even better news. It just comes in its own box, like the core deck... Uh, is a deck in itself that actually has a card box, which is so rare nowadays. Like, usually you have, uh, you know, different, like, like so you could actually take this and play it, like, on a road trip. I'm not sure. We'll have to see how the play goes. Like, could you play it while waiting in line at a theme park? But they also have the app. And the play box is, again, in that um, nebulous color. It looks like there may be, there, on the back, it says uh, One Kiss. It has a website, which I'll link to. And it says One Kiss, what did I say? One Kiss Farm Core Deck and the symbols and then the nebulous sky. Maybe some sort of uh, asteroid with runes on it. I mean, R-U-N-E-S is, uh, not R-U-I-N-E-S is in there. So I'm going to open the box, so I'll be right back. All right, so I have it unwrapped, and it's actually like a really nice card box. It's thicker than a regular 52-card deck, um, but a quality box. So again, you say, could I take it on the road? I'd say probably you can. Uh, 
Could you carry it in your pocket, your front pocket? I mean, you could carry it in your back pocket, just don't sit down. And could you carry it in your front pocket? Probably it'd be a little bulky, but you could all easily put it in a backpack or even a small, small, you could even take it in your pocketbook. Oh, not a pot. What's a, oh no. Like, like any small bag any person could be carrying. Okay, so I have the cards in my hand, and there's, uh, like they said, there's three. Well, let's see. Yeah, there's W, there's uh, offensive tool. Oh, boy. And they have their high-quality cards, like, uh, because they have even, like, that texture to them. Like, they're made of a material. Like, you can even see on the cards. Uh, I don't know if that's for holding or just the quality of the paper where it looks like there's a uh, squares, so like almost like you say, is that made out of like a uh, material, I guess? Well, everything's material. I mean, like a, a cotton or something versus paper. It's embossed. I don't know. And they're shiny and they, yeah, plastic coated or whatever, I'm sure. And at this thing is like the thing that says OHK, which is a short term for the, al- the third alternative name or the second alternative name. Oh, hug and kiss. Uh, OHK makes me think of o- OKC, Oklahoma City basketball team, or OAK, o- OAK is Oakland Airport, or o- Oklahoma where the wind blows. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, so I'm going to flip these cards over and just look at this. This card says uh, overload, and it's some sort of doing card. Replace all the cards in the field. Any player with more than 10 cards has to discard down to five. And uh, if this card fills a spot in field or any player's hand holds two over overload cards, it takes effect immediately. So that brings up a question right away for me of like, oh boy, like, well, how does something end up in the field? That's question one that I'm interested in find out. And then two, how would people know if you, like, uh, if you have two overload cards, are your hand, is your hand displayed? Is there an honesty thing? This is interesting already. Okay. Next one is another overload card, which we've seen. Another, so three overload cards so far. Oh boy, chaos. Uh, anybody, shout out to uh, Rob and Josh uh, and all the rest of the, uh, remember, remember Chaos Cass uh, from one of the best seasons of the TV show Survivor. Uh, chaos, and it has the atomic symbol. Oh boy, i sorry, with the uh, overload, it had the... Uh, the symbol for rads, if you've ever played a video game and you need to measure your rads, uh, the, the, that one has, the, this one is more of the atomic symbol for chaos, uh, which is red. The The rads symbol was orange. Uh, and this says, oh boy, I just noticed, holy mackerel, it is so subtle. Is that my imagination? No, there, like in the background... Is that on all the cards? I'll have to see. There's like a, a very faint a gray. So it's a white background, but there's a gray um, pattern. It's just very faint. I don't know if that's on all, like just on the chaos cards or not. Discard, so chaos, discard all three cards in the field or force another player to take them. 
refill the field, then draw one card from it. And let's see, it's probably three, oh no, two chaos cards, but we don't, you know, we're not counting cards here. Yeah, and this card is, it says natural selection. And it has a gray, kind of like a geometric type background or like pores of skin. Or you're right, plant pores, you're right, it could be pores on a plant. Uh, it's, and this has a leaf symbol. And it says, draw the top five cards. Keep as many as, uh, of them as you wish and discard the rest. Uh, so this is interesting. It reminds me, like, I'm already getting a feel for this as far as how much fun I'm going to have. Like, uh, it's, so it's got a little bit of, uh, what do you call that game that I played with Antonio Banderas, uh, Munchkin. And another game that I've played in, well, and then um, you got Mewing Kittens. Uh, like, I think, I don't know if this game came out before that, though. But yeah, so then there's another Natural Selection card. And next one is called Rejects, R-E-G-E-X. Uh, and it has the cyber uh, symbol. And it has a different background. Okay, so everything does have a different background. So this one has a gray distant background too, but it's uh, very, like, a, what do you say, graph paper. So that last one was like plant cells or something. Draw, Search the draw pile and select one card to put in your hand and then shuffle. That is really good to go through the draw pile a lot of times. Like in Munchkin, that's a really good one. And sometimes you could search, like, yeah, there's different draw piles. Another Rejects card, and I like the Rejects, it's funny. Transmute, so this is the the uh, triangle and circle symbol, but the circle's smaller than the triangle. They're not, like, it's not like the triangle's within the circle, it's over the circle, because the symbol for AA is... Uh, um, the triangle within a circle. Okay, and it looks like it has a triangular gray background. Uh, very geometric. And this one, change the class of one numbered card. Oh, so change the class of one numbered card when it is played to create an offensive tool. Wow, so this opens up, a, this blows my mind. Change the class of one numbered card. And it can become an offensive tool. So now my, I say, well, I don't even know what to expect next. I mean, we get to the those type of cards. And then another transmutes. Okay, here we go. This is our first numbered card. Oh, boy. And it's like we talk about this. You know, board games are something that also involves theater of the mind or suspension of disbelief, right? in order to have the most fun, in my opinion. So this one, the card, all the writing on the card is red or maroon. I'd say it's a dark maroon, but it could just be red. It's 10 is the number. It has the atomic symbol on there. It says Arctic Blast. And it has snowflakes drawn with uh, sleet and, and snow. So you say, okay, Arctic Blast, and it's 10. So say, okay, well, it's 10 the purchase. You know, this is interesting. And let's see, the next card. Oh, boy, so now we're on 9, Lightning Bolt. Uh, 
and it has the atomic symbol and a lightning bolt uh, drawing, kind of like you'd see on the front of the Shazam. Now we're down, oh no, now we're on eight, Eye of the Storm. This is also the atomic symbol. Looks kind of like the eye of a storm or a black hole or vort, vortices. Vortex or vort, you say vortex, I say vortices. You say one's plural, scoots. They say, well, then I guess it's a vortex if you want to be technical. But yeah, eye of the storm, eight, uh, atomic symbol, or yeah, atomic, uh, atomic symbol, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what Dr. Manhattan would say. Oh boy, cosmic string, number seven. And it has like some cool like space dust, you shining stars, and then what could be a cat like a cat which in a string, which uh, cosmic string. All these have been marooned, so maybe there's like four. Oh, so there's like four. What are those? What are those called? Four. Uh, I don't know. What do you say with the, when when you play regular cards? Four. Uh, not values. You got hearts. You get diamonds. I'll think of it eventually. But this one's thunderclap. It's six. It's a, a cloud, like a thun, like with lightning coming out the top and the bottom. But it's just a thunderclap, which is different because that's a noise. So no wonder it's worth six, where a lightning bolt was worth whatever nine or something. Okay, then we have Ancient Sundial for five and a cool, like, uh, Ancient Sundial type image. I want to keep moving. Stone skin. So, like, uh, what is that? Solomon Grundy? Did Solomon Grundy have stone skin or was it just the, uh, was that the name of that dude uh, in the Fantastic Four? Or was that somebody else? Uh I don't know, but yeah, it's stone skin, and it has a hand which has stone skin. Number four, atomic symbol. Uh, frost blade. I don't know. These maybe these numbers are better, or uh, like the lower frost blade. Like looks like a frost blade, and like an ice blade. And uh, you'd say, "Holy cow!" Like, will the North remember? And I say, "I don't remember anymore." If they were like, uh, but uh, yeah, it's like a sword. Yes, it's a sword uh, made of ice. Frostblade three. Frostblade's also probably a popular name in D and D. Quicksilver. Uh, it's a jar or a, like a beaker, and it has a, stop, a cork stopper on the top and some sort of clear liquid. Number two, Quicksilver. Also, a Kevin Bacon movie. Yeah, Quicksilver. I think Jamie Gertz and Kevin Bacon play love interest in Quicksilver. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Kevin Bacon was a, uh, it, w- it couldn't be a tale of the tape just because I don't remember. But things I remember was like Kevin Bacon's shirt because uh, he had this shirt that was like a material that looked like chain mail. Took place in San Francisco, I think, or New York or L.A. And he was a mat- bike messenger. And, uh, you know, of course he stumbles on, I think he's, you know, love and, uh, stumbles on something. Number one with the atomic symbol is a moonstone. Very beautiful, uh, uh, sphere, like, uh, with some, like elements that kind of make it feel reflective and like a moon, like a moonstone, like a polished moonstone. 
And yeah, don't make any jokes about me polishing my moonstone because uh, that's not what I polish, you know. I polish my, uh, I don't know, my flatware, I guess. Okay, now we're on to the leaf symbol, and this one is a gr- like the light green. I don't think it's quite a lime green. I'm sure John would say, well, it's a B set, like, say, okay, what is it, What is that stuff called, Pantone? I always say it wrong. Is it Pantone or pan, get Pantone on the phone, or is it Panatone? Or is it Pantene? Pantene is what uh, I wash my hair with sometimes. I like, is VO5? No, that's Videl Sassoon. Get paint. Remember a long time ago, I said, get Pantone on the phone. Uh, but this is wings of a dragonfly, and it has a, it's a, a dragonfly with its wings. Very, like, healthy, stout dragonfly. Don't worry. So you can see the poker-type elements. Nine is uh, 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 fire ants. Uh, number nine, fire ants. The next one is Eye of the Owl, and it's a close-up of an owl eye, uh, and that's it's super cool. It feels like, I say, I might put this up somewhere when I need inspiration. Uh, strange Vine, number seven, and it looks like a strange vine. This art is amazing. Uh, roar of the ape king is uh, number six, and it's a roaring, uh, like a gorilla, it looks like. All done in green. Circle of life. Uh, so circle of life is like intertwined vines or branches in a circle uh, that are alive. Uh, so circle of life. So more circle of life and an actual circle of life than a metaphorical one. Okay, the next one is Hide of the Rhino, and it's a hand, too. So I guess instead of stone skin, you could have rhino hide. So this is interesting. So then it's like, okay, are these things you would add on? Like, are you building a character with powers? I'm excited. Razor Claw. This looks like something you'd find on, a, um, what are those things, a velociraptor, like a velociraptor claw for kiss, for, for waking you up and saying, hey, good morning. Like my lunch now, not you. I'm blue. Remember, I'm a friendly velociraptor. I said, actually, I'm not a velociraptor, Scoots. Oh, okay. Sorry, blue. But yeah, that's a razor claw. Uh, um, centaur, uh, centaur drool, drool of the centaur. And it, but it, and it has like a trophy that I would presume is full of centaur drool. And that's number two. And coming in at number one uh, is like, a, it looks like the kind of thing you'd have, it's horns, uh, like, or something you'd see in a Southwestern museum and it's uh, uh, bone meal. Like, a, I think bogue meal, like, was uh, the uh, from uh, Beverly Hills Cop, wasn't that uh, Commissioner Bogamil? Bogamil? Bogamil. Okay, next up is blue. Now we're on blue, which is the one, the symbol that kind of looks a little bit like a circuit board. Anti-grav thrusters. And it looks a little bit like a jetpack. Uh, then we have a flame cannon, 
which looks like a flame can and even has a digital readout. So this kind of gives me like a little bit of a StarCraft feel as far as like this has four symbols. We see, well, which one are you going to end up identifying with the most and using? And you always, like people always, you know, no one ever asked me that, but I always like wonder, Scoots, which of the three um, of the, what do you call them, in uh, the thing, that game StarCraft, did you identify with Protoss, the Terran, or the Zerg? And I'd say, well, one, I, I only played the, the, the campaigns. I'd never played against other people. Even when I played against the computer, usually they would be Zerg. Usually a computer would be a Zerg and do that thing where they rush and they get you. I prefer, and this kind of transit like a, I prefer to be the one that like a, just slowly does resource gathering, sets up a defensive thing, endures the first on, you know, thingamajig. And then I like to have long distance. Like I like to pick stuff off long distance. So it doesn't really matter. So the answer is it doesn't really matter. I think the Terrans were the easiest to, to develop that with because you just had to, like, uh, then you could, yeah. Like, you could, the hardest thing with the Terrans was uh, making sure you had something anti-aircraft, uh, I think, that was mobile. I remember that was, like, maybe what I remember. But you you could really get a lot of things out of uh, their ground units. Then Zerg, they had this thing that looked like a crab that really had good range. And I actually did like using that because also their second level ground troop uh, could do uh, anti-aircraft. And they also had these other anti-aircraft aircraft that were good to protect your flying crabs. Uh and then I would say third was Protoss because theirs you had to buy. They had a tank too that had good range, but you had to keep remembering to build the ammunition for that one. So that was like like I would never remember that. And I'd say, oh boy, I got to go back. Oh no, I'm out of resources. But the Protoss also had other stuff like the Protoss. If you had like time to really build it out. Uh, they had some really powerful, high-level characters. Anyway, oh boy, I forgot I was talking about OHK. Okay, number eight is an optical sensor upgrade, and it looks like an optical sensor upgrade. Very cool. Uh, then we have carbon fiber, uh, and it looks like carbon fiber. Uh, sonic disruptor, which looks like a bit like a squirt gun attached to, to, to something out of like a kind of 50s, 30s, 40s sci-fi thing with the, um, what is that called? Like a satellite dish attached to it. Uh, very cool. And it's shooting out some sort of sonic disruption. Uh, geostabilizer, uh, gyrostabilizer, of course, my, uh, and that looks is is a gyroscope uh, that you would just like the one you'd play with as kids, but this is you know powerful because you're in the theater of the mind. Uh, upgraded plating, so that's the hand. I guess four is always kind of like an armor thing. Uh, plasma cutter, that's a three, and it's kind of like a like a fork with a. I don't know what this looks like. So it has a handle, then it has two prongs with the plasma 
like a laser going in between the prongs. Great for cutting. Like it would probably be good for cutting cheese, depending if you could put it on lower power. A nano fluid, that's kind of a container with some sort of uh, DNA type, uh, but manufactured very uh, geometric helix inside the uh, container. Oh, and then somehow there's an uh, offensive thing in here right in, in the middle of the, my deck. And it's the Kraken from the deep it rises. And that has a beautiful piece of art. Uh, and uh, so you got to buy this game. Uh, illustrations by uh, Simone Estrada. The illustrations by Simon Estrada. So just leave both those in there so I can see which one's correct. And I guess to use a Kraken, you would need four atomic symbols and three, uh, uh, what are those, leaf symbols, I'm guessing. Because that's what's on the bottom of the card. Now we're back to the uh, OHK cards. Number one for, uh, what do you call it, is uh, for the uh, circuit board, Quantum Crystal Processor. And it has a pretty cool, uh, like one of those, almost like a buckyball, not a buckyball, but like that Buckminster Fuller type look with an M.C. Escher. Because it's like, is this a cube or is it an septagon or whatever? Or is it something else? Is it 3D or is it 2D? Uh, then we got fairy dust. This is the, the triangle one. So now we get into a fantasy type thing. It's like a pouch of, of fairy dust. Uh, it looks cool and it's got cool effects. Uh, Ashes of the Phoenix. Uh, that's nine, and it has a phoenix type of uh, drawing or illustration. Crystal ball number eight. A crystal ball. Really cool. I'm kind of feeling this uh, like a mustard one. Mithril go- mithril cord. Uh, I think what's his name? Didn't uh, not uh, get not Gandalf. Uh, why can't it? My, my brain never remembers anything. Suits. That's what cards are called. I just remembered that one. Suits. So these are different suits. Uh, but mithril, and you'd wear a suit. Of, if I had a suit of mithril, it would protect me from people's judgment of not being able to remember. Frodo Baggins and uh, Bilbo Baggins, which I did eventually remember. So I wish a suit of mithril. Uh, my life with J J R J J A R Tolkien is the world's foremost Tolkien impersonator. Just a title I thought of. Uh, Song of the Harpy. This would man. This is like uh, that. Uh, that would be one of my other. Uh, Autobiographies, uh, Why I Stopped Singing. Uh, and it has musical notes with feathers on the, um, on the end of them. So it's, that's very cute. Uh, to me, it is. Uh, ring of the Lich. Uh, and it's like a, a ring of a lich. I think that's how you say it. Lich. L-I-C-H. Then dragon scale for your armor for your and the hand with dragon scales on it. I'm definitely down for uh, d- d- uh, uh, cooking tool of the crescent moon. And it has a cooking tool, like a scythe that you would use to harvest wheat. 
uh, Tears of the Sphinx, uh, and it has a, uh, uh, what is that called, uh, sarcophagi with a, a tear symbol on it, uh, Tears of the Sphinx. Uh, can you believe I could say Sphinx, but I can't say, I mean, I, I try, I don't know, I'm wondering how, uh, what do you call that, uh, what are those things, those sounds, sibilance, that is, Philosopher's Stone is number one. You say, holy potter, uh. Philosopher's Stone. Pre-Potter, I know, I know. Okay, now we're moving on to the tools. Uh, OHK tool, number one is Living Steel, or number two. And uh, it looks like Simon Estrada, and it looks like Simone Estrada did all these illustrations, but we'll see if anybody else did it. Uh, and it's like so very steampunk, a sentient but never sentimental. And it needs two number fours, two uh, leafs, and three um, uh, circuit boards. And again, you could spend all day looking at these illustrations. The next one is uh, Sands of the Habnura. Sands of the Habnura. And this one is that... uh, like from the cover, it doesn't have the yawning friend, but it does have the the storm. Maybe it's like a phoenix storm. Very nebulous, very spacey. The wind is hungry. Oh, no, this illustration is by Noah Bradley. And this one has, you need two triangles, two number ones, and three atomics. Kutlu's, uh, how do you say that? Kutlu's grandma or whatever. Twice as ancient, twice as evil. And this is also by uh, Simon Estrada. And it has a cane and glasses, but it's walking in the, uh, uh, whatever that one is. How do you say that? Love, like, uh, I can never say it. Hulu. 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 I don't know. I never even hear people say it. Or if they do, it doesn't sound anything like it looks. So then I say, Grey Goo, Nanobot Party Don't Stop. Uh, and uh, this is also by Simone Estrada, or this is also by Simon Estrada. And this one you need two leaves, two number twos, and three uh, circuit boards. Uh, bow of Elven Kings, that's perfect for dragons and pesky creatures. Oh, same, same illustrator. And uh, I want to try to get through all these, so I'm going to pick up my pace. Not of talking, though. Vorpal Scissors, uh, Cut the Fabric of Space and Time. Christina Hess did that one. And again, beautiful. Uh, basilisk. Is that how you say it? Basilisk. Uh, uh, and that one's a stone cold farmer. Oh boy. And that's by Simon Estrada. Uh, time machine. Uh, they'll wish they'd never, uh, gone back in time again, man. I wonder if uh, they put these on sale as prints. And this is by Simon Estrada. Uh, then we have uh, ab- abomination. Uh, some things just probably by th- this one's it's it's interesting, quite interesting. Abominable, abominable, uh, non-snow person. Uh, 
And this is also by Simon Estrada. Uh, then we have uh, NX17, uh, Runny Nose. Oops. Uh, that's by Andrew Go. That's by Andrew Gah. Uh, another great, this one's kind of funny and not funny at the same time. Illustration. Uh, Railgun Speed Kills, uh, and that one is by Simon Estrada. Uh, port, port, porta potty, uh, pr- pretty gross. Uh, and that one's a green one from the cover. It's like a green, it's in a lab, you know, it's got that green descent coming off it. Uh, pit of oblivion don't look down and there's like a globe about floating above it this one's by noah bradley uh kaiju so kaiju maximus uh so that's a yawning buddy from the cover it's over a city that uh, seems to be in a nebulous form lightning uh thunder all, all that kind of stuff and that's Kaiju. Oh, part reptile, part robot, all smash. Okay, we got Frost Giant. Uh, fun fact, she hates fun. Oh, and that one, the previous one and this one are by Simon Estrada. Uh, Sleep of the Fairy Queen and uh, Century of Slumber Awaits. Uh, wow, really beautiful art on these cards. That's also by Simon Estrada. Uh, Portal Nowhere, wherever you go, there you aren't. Uh, and it's kind of like a swamp with the cyber uh, space uh, cubes and Tron-like obelisks, and maybe even like uh, portal, like uh, gleaming light portals or something. Uh, it's the same illustrator. Uh, Hammer of the Gods, Fortune in the Fires of Creation, it never misses its target. And that's kind of like Thor's Hammer a little bit, uh, same illustrator. And our last card, Mostly Cuddly Rabbit, no enemy enemy can withstand his cuteness. Uh, and it's a very cute, cuddly rabbit, I'm sure it's up to no good. And that one is also by Simon Estrada. So that's it for the cards. Let's just get a quick view of how to play this. Uh, so you have the the offensive tools. To win the game, you have to be the first player to build one. And you build a weapon with components, and those are the uh, cards with the suits. Each weapon requires specific components. For example, Frost Giant, you need four bio, or which are the ones with leaf, uh, and then three elemental components, which are the atomic ones. To win, just build a weapon before your opponents. It's that easy. Uh, Setup. Uh, You get ready. A core deck is for two or three players. You shuffle the white cards, then deal each player seven white cards. Uh, Those are your hand. Don't peek. Uh, Put the remaining ones down, uh, face down on the draw pile. Place three white cards face up uh, in the field. And then if the overload card shows up, shuffle it back in the deck. And we have the playing field, which is cool. 
And there's a discard for you probably knew that. Shuffle the black cards, deal each player two black cards face down. These are the weapons you're going to want to build to win. You can pick up these cards or leave them on the table. They don't count as part of your hand. Set aside the remaining weapon cards in a pile. Decide who goes first, rock, paper, scissors, or whatever. And subsequent games, the winner goes first. Okay, playing the game, the fundamental rules of one uh, kiss farm is to do only one thing, exactly one thing. We'll repeat that a lot because it's so important. So you could either draw a card, you could take a card from the draw pile or one of the cards on the field, put the card in your hand. And if you take one from the field, replace it with one from the draw pile. You could discard any number of cards in your hand face down in the discard pile. You can discard as many cards as you want on your turn. But why would you want to uh, discard? Uh, uh, because holding more than 10 cards is risky if someone gets overload. Uh, take a new weapon. Don't like your two weapon cards? Uh, take another from the pile. There's no limit limits how many weapon cards you can have. Take a special card, or play a special card. Special cards do special things. Uh, or reveal your weapon and win the game. Because you can only do exactly one thing, you'll end up completing the weapon the round before you use it. Uh, super uh, important rules. Uh, components must be in a run. Components need to be in, oh, so this is like the po poker or uh, rummy, gin rummy. They have to be in the same class in sequential order, like a straight flush. So five, six, seven of the uh, elemental. Uh, you can't do two, six, nine, or eight, nine, ten, but not all of the same suits or class. And uh, ten is the top, so you can't go nine. It doesn't go back around like an ace. Nine, ten, one would not work. Also, components can't do two jobs. If you're trying to get the ones that have numbers, uh, like a basilisk, you need two eight, which are I cards. Uh, you can't use those for your component cards or your uh, class cards. Automatic overload. If an overload ends up in the field, it is trigger, uh, triggered automatically. Uh, additionally, if a player has two overload cards in her in their hand, uh, they trigger immediately, and both overloads must be discarded. Okay, specials. Yeah, we went through the special cards. Uh, overload is the most dangerous card. One of the most dangerous cards in the game forces anyone with more than ten white cards to discard down to five. Sweeps all cards out of the field to the discard. Overlayer can, overload, overload can be played from a player's hand, just like any special card. It affects all players. If overload ends up in the field, it is triggered automatically. If for any reason a player has two overload cards in their hand, they trigger immediately and both overloads must be discarded. And then finally, close it out as a backside. One Kiss Farm can be played, to, is designed to be evolved with expan expansions and variants. Uh, expansion packs, such as uh, 
big farm and lore. I had new components, uh, offensive tools and specials to one Kiss farm. With an expansion pack, up to six players can play. Every expansion pack requires a core deck. Uh, most uh, offensive tools in an expansion pack use a mix of core classes and expansion classes. To use an expansion pack, shuffle it's so you 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 can wait till you get your expansion pack. Variant rules. Uh, with the standard rule, while the standard rules are a great way to begin, the game can be hacked and customized. Small changes can have a big impact, forcing players to switch to strategies. These rules are called these rule changes are called variants. Variants follow a standard format, making it easy to see what's changed. This is the most common variant. Uh, communal communal offensive tools. Uh, you could use core or any expansion with two to play, three players in core or two to six players with the expansion. And your goal is still to build one of the weapons before your opponent can. And all you do is at the start of the game, deal two weapons face up and place them near the field. Each player is trying to build one or two of these weapons. On their turn, players can choose to add a new weapon to the group with a maximum of four. On each turn, each player is trying to add a new offensive tool with a maximum of four offensive tools allowed. And there's many more on their website, which I'll link to. So, yeah, that's a board game unboxing. Thanks for listening, and uh, good night. I'm looking forward to pl- I'm going to play this game tonight for sure, so with my daughter, Sophia. So, good night.